Did you know that you can easily discover new products for your flock each month without having to leave your house or even thinking about it? It's true. You have to check out Henny and Rue. Henny and Rue's monthly subscription box includes products that may not be available to you at your local feed store. The box has a variety of items ranging from things to add to your first aid kit, treats for your hens and roos, and there's always something special for the chicken keeper. So go to hennyandrue.com and use code DRINKINFARM at checkout to get 10% off your first subscription box. Sam. Oh, hey there, Beth. What are you drinking? So I'm drinking a New Holland Brewing Sour Ink, which is a Concord Grape Goza. And it kind of tasted like a fancy grape wine beer type of thing. It's delicious. I was gonna say shut your mouth. That sounds amazing. And like I need it now. Yeah, I mean, it's from New Holland Brewing, which is in Michigan. So you can totally get it. Yeah, I'm going to have to Google that when we're done recording because that sounds like it's right up my alley. It is. What are you drinking over there? So I am still on the canned wine bandwagon and mm. I drink a Union Wine Company Underwood, The Bubbles. Yum. It tasted a lot like the man can that I had in like two episodes ago or an episode ago. Um, it's very Andre feeling and it's bubbly. And I, I just really like this company because they say we love our wine. We just don't drink it with our pinkies in the air. Hashtag pinkies down. That is so me. And circa <laughs> like 2017, Sam having a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So... Cheers to canned wine. I still really like that. <laughs> awesome. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, the mini-sode. Yes. So you may be asking yourself, didn't you guys just drop a mini-sode like two days ago? Yes. Yes, we did. But we had the opportunity to interview another podcasting queen this week. Um, so we're really excited to just give you guys this content right away. Yeah, especially because when we spoke at Coop Camp this year, our presentation's main focus was on why you, yes, you, in all capital letters, you, should be telling your farm story via podcast. And we know that podcasting is a ton of work. And there's probably a lot of women out there and a lot of women that are our listeners in the farming space that have a story to tell but don't have the time or energy to create their own show. So today we're talking to Caitlin Dubin, which is also known as at Wild Rose Farmer on Instagram about her podcast, The Rural Woman Podcast. Yes. And Caitlin has had this podcast since March of 2019. Um, and she, like us, is on like all the podcast apps and her 
claim to fame is interviewing other women in agriculture. So it's a great place to go to hear other women's stories. Um, and it gets y'all feeling good and women empowered. And she got you guys, you guys will hear it in the interview. She's lovely and funny and charming. And ugh, I think I might have a little bit of girl crush now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in fact, um, there will be links to all of her stuff in the show notes. And if you are one of those listeners that wants to tell your full farm story in like an interview style, then Caitlin has a form on her website to submit that. So if you listen to our episode together and you really like her and her vibe, then go do that. And you can be on her podcast, which is really exciting. Yes. And we highly recommend it because this episode is actually really special because it's a two-parter and there's another half ready for you to listen to over on the Rural Woman podcast where Caitlin interviews us. So you might learn some things about us that you don't know yet. So after you listen to this one, make sure you hop on over to the Rural Woman podcast and check out our interview that she did for us. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about Caitlin and how she got into farming and where she came from and talk all about her podcast and what inspires her. It's a really good episode. And like Sam said, don't forget to go listen to the other half over on her podcast, the Rural Woman podcast. But otherwise, let's just dive right in and enjoy. Yes. Oh, and you know what? Before we go, we must point out that this week's drink sponsor for this episode is our friend Jessica Hawkins. Yes, one of my real life friends. I could not possibly forget her. Thanks, Sam. Well, thanks for joining us, Caitlin. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so we're super excited to have you here and um, and for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So why don't you tell us a bit about you and your farm? Well, my name is Caitlin Dubin. I am a female farmer up here in Canada. Um, that is north of where you guys are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I uh, farm on a our certified organic operation here in southern Alberta. We grow a variety of crops, um, f- cereals and oil seeds, and he is a multi-generational farmer, and I am a first-generation farmer, I believe, in my family. Um, I married into farming and became a farmer through him. So nice. we became certified organic. This is our second grow- full growing year as organic, and we're pretty proud of that. It's a lot of work, but... <laughs> And yeah, that's kind of the the basics of what we do here. Well, that's really exciting. So you guys just got certified organic. What what do you farm on your farm? I'm going to say farm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we grow a variety of things. So kind of our biggest uh, crop that we've grown the last five years has uh, been hemp. For uh, We grow it for the grain, um, for the seed. And we'll do other things like cereals and barleys, wheat, beans. Uh, This year we have quite a few sunflowers. So it's kind of a mix mash of kind of a little bit of everything. That's so cool that you farm hemp because Sam and I have talked a little bit about hemp farming on the podcast before. So we're like super curious to hear all about that and how that works in 
in Canada? Because you guys have been allowed to farm hemp for a while, right? Because it's kind of new here for us in the States. Yeah, I think it was just, um, if I remember correctly, last year or this year is your first year that you can legally grow it in more states than you had before or at all. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been legal here to grow. There are There's lots of loops and things that you have to jump through to be able to grow it. Um, you need to be certified through Health Canada. Um, so you have to go through their contracting processes and they have people come in and inspect your farm and that kind of stuff. So it is a, it's a difficult crop. I will say it's not the easiest thing to grow. It's kind of a pain. Um, it grows really tall, really fast. It's hard on equipment to um, to process, but um, yeah, it's been good. It's definitely an eye-catching crop when you're driving by, um, because you drive by and you're like, "What on earth are they growing over there?" <laughs> I want to stop at that farm. Yes, yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's been it's been a good crop for us, and we we've been doing this. I think it's been at least five years. We've been growing hemp now, so. That's very cool. Do you guys have any kind of livestock on your farm? Well, I personally have my own miniature livestock operation, I call it. My husband does not call it an operation. He calls it a mishmash of whatever I found at the auction and brought home. So <laughs> I like it. Right? Last year, I started uh, with five boar goats. So, And the reason mm -hmm. behind that is since we are organic, we don't use any chemicals or pesticides or anything like that on our crops or on our lawns or anything to help with weeds or bugs or anything like that. So um, one thing that we thought about and we talked about was what kind of livestock we could have on our operation that would help mitigate some of the weeds. And I love goats and I, I don't know where this love came from. I think it was from like going online and seeing like the goats in pajamas like <sighs> jumping around and like, oh my God, I want <laughs> yeah. those goats. But then realistically thinking like well what what can I do on the farm to have these animals that would be beneficial for us and beneficial for the community afterwards and that kind of thing so I decided to go with boar goats which are mainly for meat goats around here anyways and so yeah I got my first five goats last year and tried it out thought it was I liked it. It was pretty good. So this year I decided why not get 10 goats and uh, <laughs> two bottle calves. So that's what I brought home from the auction this year. And yeah, it's been it's been a big learning curve. Um, it's kind of I get help from our crew when I need it. But other than that, I'm kind of a one woman show when it comes to the animals on the farm. But we also have a feedlot on our property um, for cattle. But we rent it out. We don't do anything with that, but I definitely go and try and see those cows and make them my friends, but they're not <laughs> my friends, but <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a mishmash around here. I'm an animal lover and I don't know if that's a really good mixture of being a farmer and being an animal lover because it can get emotional at times, but mm -hmm. so far it's been okay. <laughs> so how long have you been farming? Well, technically it We'll be married three years in December, so it will be three years then. Uh, but when we got married, it was never my intention to ever be a farmer. I was marrying one, but it didn't mean I had to be one. I worked, I had a whole, I guess, separate life before I, I became a farm wife and a farmer. I worked for post-secondary education 
um, institution in the town that's near us. And I worked in post-secondary for eight years, I believe, before I left my position to become a full-time farmer. I We were married for nine months before I decided that it was time to leave my job and give this a real shot. So I, I fell in. I don't say I fell in love because there's still some days where I'm thinking like, what on earth am I doing? Um, but, <laughs> but I fell in like with farming and I decided that this is what I wanted to do and put my hat in the ring for it. So so is there anything you miss from your past life that you just kind of had before your relationship and your marriage and in your previous job um, that you haven't really found a substitute for? in your in your new farm life or do you feel like you've kind of gone through a different season in your life um and you don't really miss that anymore I definitely have things that I do miss but I feel like I'm in a place now where I feel more comfortable with being Mm. on the farm when I first got out here I was literally like a duck out of water I didn't know (laughs) what was going on I had no idea about agriculture Basically, I didn't know where my food came from or how it was grown. Um, I asked a lot of silly questions that my husband looked at me. He was like, are you serious? Like, you didn't know that. But, you know, I it wasn't an interest. I, I was interested in my husband, but not his farm life. But I quickly realized that his farm life is our life and it's everything. Um, I think the one thing that I miss um, the most is my personal hygiene. Um, (laughs) I I feel like I I had cleaner hair when I lived in town. But (laughs) other than that, um, the isolation factor was a big thing for me for quite a while. Um, Though we're not far from where I lived before, it, it just feels sometimes like it's a whole other world out here. And people from my previous life I guess don't quite understand what we're doing they don't understand the Mm. severity sometimes of the work that we have to do and that we basically have one shot each year to make make enough money to live to the next year kind of thing so yeah it's it's definitely a learning curve that I have I'm accepting better now than I ever have so yeah, there was a uh, there's a book that I'm reading. Um, it's called Country Grit, and it's about someone who left the city and moved to become a, a sheep farmer. And I had like a tiny bit of PTSD when I was reading her first chapter, and she talked about how when she left her life in the city and moved to a farm, she felt really alone because none of her friends were happy for her because mm-hmm. they didn't understand it. They right. just, they didn't get it. And I've definitely experienced that and it can feel really, really isolating. Yes. Well, and we've talked about this before being like the weird chicken person or the weird goat person. It's like, <laughs> these are the things that we do on our daily basis now. Like this is what we do and this is how we live our lives. And for the people who don't have a chicken or a goat, they're not going to be able to relate so much to you as when you're telling them about the goats and that kind of thing their dog doesn't really they're not really the same (laughs) right so yeah I'm definitely the weird goat person now of all of my friendship circles and I'm okay with it though (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of being the weird goat person I was telling my small group of work friends who who are animal lovers um But I was just, because I think I'm so used to talking to Bev on a regular basis now, I started talking about how my one goat got diarrhea 
And I was thinking, like, how am I going to get, a, like, a poop sample to take to the vet to understand, like, if he, like, what his worm load is. And they were, like, looking at me like I had three heads. And they're, like, excuse me, what what's a worm load? <laughs> like, and we have this dry erase board in our office where we, like, put down weird things we say throughout the day just to kind of blow off some steam. And now the word worm load is on that board because they just thought that was so strange. <laughs> so luckily I have some very accepting friends that are more interested in what I'm doing. But sometimes I still feel like the weird kid at work and, and I forget where I'm at sometimes and that and that they're not going to totally understand what I'm talking about. Right. So I, I feel you on that one. <laughs> So, Caitlin, if you weren't farming, what would you be doing right now? Oh, man, this is a good question. I would probably still be working in post-secondary. I really like that. I went to I went to college and I got a job at the college right when I actually while I was a between my first and second year. So I was able to work throughout my second year and then I was hired on full time after that. And I really I enjoyed it. So. And I think the reason I did enjoy it was because I really liked helping people and I liked helping people realize their potential through post-secondary education. But I think whenever I think about like what I want to do when I grow up, I think it always comes back down to I really like helping people and providing them support. So in some capacity, I feel like I would have a job that does something like that. But then at the same time, when I look at the overarching thing of agriculture it's like well I am helping people and being a podcaster I guess helps people so I guess I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing just in a way I never imagined it would be (laughs) right that's the way it goes yeah life has a a way of doing that to you (laughs) it's never what you think it's gonna be but I think I think that's a great point that those skills are transferable in that you're using them because it's like second nature to you I, I think that's really great So what do you consider to be the most valuable life lesson that you've learned from farming? I think hard work (laughs) more than I ever knew could possibly be. Um, I grew up with some extremely hardworking parents. They were business owners and my dad's been a mechanic since he's been like 17, 18 years old. Like I've seen him work hard, like to the point where he couldn't move anymore. And I Mm. just thought, man, like, this is a lot of hard work. Like, I don't want to do anything like that. So I'm going to go get an education so I can work hard behind a desk kind of thing. But I, once I got out to the farm and I actually got to be working outside and working in equipment and working beside my husband and starting to understand the soil and the life that we're providing out here for ourselves and for you know, feeding people and keeping the soil healthy, that kind of thing. Like it's so rewarding. So I think just learning to work hard in a different way, in not only physically, but also it's mentally draining to be a farmer. Like you have to make mm-hmm. decisions that you don't know if they're going to benefit you and you're not going to know for the next four or five months until you get to harvest. And so that's been valuable to me. Um, And on the flip side, I guess, for me and my animal agriculture, I have learned to love and let go, I guess. Um, Like I mentioned before, my goats last year, they were meat goats. And this year, um, 
also have meat goats as well. I have some that'll go for breeding, I assume, but um, providing food to feed the world is probably one of the most rewarding things for me and my job. Um, I love these animals like they were my children or my pets and I give them up to, you know, be processed to be in somebody's deep freeze. And when I first started doing this, I was like last year when they went to market, I was like unconsolable for at least like two weeks and it was so hard. But this year, Um, I actually lost one of my calves um, due to joint ill earlier in the Mm -hmm. season. So that was another big learning thing for me. It was like I did everything I possibly could for this calf and she was just dealt a crappy hand from the beginning and I did everything I could do and I gave her the best life possible and I also gave her the easiest death possible um, instead of letting her suffer. So that was kind of a big learning experience for me this year too and you know my goats I've already sold a couple this year and I sold them to a beautiful family from Nepal who were more than thankful that they were given the opportunity to eat what they were used to eating and they Mm -hmm. can't get this here in Canada that often so it was it was a treat for them almost to be able to find this so they um I went and dropped them off there and I knew what was going to happen to them and these people their whole entire family was there and they all came and thanked me for growing food for them so I got in my truck and started crying (laughs) as I drove away and not because I obviously I was sad for what was going to happen to the goats for their no good very bad day but I also was just overwhelmed with emotion of these people being so thankful to have food to eat because you know we don't like think about where our food comes from a lot so mm-hmm. that's kind of the very long answer of what I've learned from farming it's every day is a new learning experience for me that's a great answer which is really amazing <laughs> yeah yeah so thank you for sharing that with us that's really awesome so in addition to being a female farmer you also host your own podcast the rural woman podcast so will you tell us a bit about it and why you got started in podcasting sure so last summer i was in our old dusty fent tractor that has no air conditioning and i have to say it was probably like 32 degrees celsius which I don't know what that is in American Fahrenheit, but it was very hot (laughs) and uh, had the windows open. It was dustier than heck. And I was just uh, mowing along and I was watching Instagram stories while I was working. So don't tell my husband I do that. But (laughs) (laughs) I was watching these stories of all of these different women in agriculture that I follow and you know, I was just so amazed by how many different stories that they each had and it varied from one story to the next. So there would be a female rancher or a female farmer or a homesteader or a farm wife and a farm mom and they were all doing so many different things on their farms or homesteads and ranches and I just thought like isn't this amazing that we all have different roles on our operations but we all have so many similarities as well. Um, And just being a woman on a farm is quite just like an interesting job to have. Like there's no two jobs that are the same. And so I'm just in awe of all of these women. And I'm just thinking that these stories are so amazing. And I thought, well, what can I do to help get these stories out to more women? And like I could share them with my audience on Instagram. But what is something else that I can do? And I was just thinking, I was like, well... 
I could start a YouTube channel, but like I said about the personal hygiene thing, my hair's not always that clean. So <laughs> didn't know if people wanted to see that, but, <laughs> um, but I thought like, what do I enjoy doing when I'm on out working or any driving to town? I love listening to podcasts. So what would it look like to start a podcast? So I Googled how to start a podcast and read like the top 10 things that you need to do before you start a podcast. And I thought, huh, that looks really hard. And <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I won't. And I kind of sat on it for a few weeks and I talked to my husband about it. I was like, I really feel like I want to start a podcast. And he said, I really feel like that sounds like a lot of work. I was like, it is. It is a lot of work. But I, I have this feeling like in my gut, like I, I really want to do this. And he's like, well, look into it and see what it looks like. And so I Googled some more. And then I thought, oh, man, I can't just sit here by myself and talk to myself. Like maybe I should get a co-host. And I actually approached one of my friends from Instagram um, for starting a podcast with them. And we talked about it for a few months. And it it didn't work out and i was just like well that's a sign like i don't need to do this and then still like i still had that gut feeling like i need to get these stories out there and i need to share these stories so i ordered a microphone on amazon and it came and it collected dust for a few months because i was just like i just couldn't pull the trigger and then one day my husband and i we actually had an argument about something, but I just got so fired up about everything. I was like, I'm just going to do it all. And so I came in and I sat down at my laptop and I just started going and never looked back since. So <laughs> the Rural Woman podcast was officially kicked off because my husband annoyed me. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's good motivation right there. Right, yeah. Right? So thank you so much, dear husband. But uh, yeah, so the Rural Woman podcast launched in March of 2019. And it has been going since then. That's so exciting. Yeah. So what I do on my podcast is I basically interview women from agriculture and it's any part of agriculture. They could be a farmer, a rancher, a homesteader, a farm wife, like whatever they, whatever their job is in agriculture. I just sit down and chat with them and ask them about their stories and what they do on their operation. And I basically have just been sitting here in awe of all of these women that I've chatted with and just been learning from them, um, learning so much, whether that be about their operation or how they do things, but just learning the, re the resiliency of a woman on a farm has been the biggest mm -hmm. learning experience for me in podcasting. Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes and it is super inspiring to hear just the, the variety of stories and the passion and the emotion behind everything. Um, so I, I, thank you for, you know, <laughs> fighting with your husband <laughs> and starting a podcast <laughs> because I think that's a, you know, your podcast and our podcast both expand the viewpoint of agriculture, but in very different ways. And they're both so important. And I just think it's so great. I love the structure of how you um, interview people and encourage them to tell their stories because it, it, being an interviewer is hard like getting people to open up is hard and so I think it's great that you finally just kind of bit the bullet and did it um and because it it's just beautiful to hear all those different stories and it's so empowering as a female to hear it too yeah I think so too and that's something that I've heard from 
my listeners is just hearing other people's stories of agriculture has empowered them to share theirs, whether it's on my podcast or just through their social media channels um, and knowing that they're not alone in the struggles mm-hmm. that they face as a woman in agriculture and knowing that they're, you know, there's stigmas and there's roadblocks and for everybody, not just them and right. helping us all kind of work through those together is, is pretty empowering for not only them, but for me as well. Well, and I really love that there's another farm podcast out there because I spend around six hours a week mowing and I like to listen to podcasts while I do it. And I caught up on all of my podcasts and I feel like every time that happens, another one comes out and I'm like, yay, I get to binge listen to another podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I've I've had you in my ear while I've been mowing. (laughs) That's great. You too. I love whenever I'm on the pot or whenever I'm on the mower, the podcast is going, but uh, today the mower started on fire. So <laughs> it was a yeah. short podcast day. <laughs> I mean, that's the story of our lives. Pretty right? much everything's on fire here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we were doing kind of this crossover thing. So I saw that you were going to ask us this question. So I put this question in for you too, because I'm curious to know what is the one piece of advice that you'd give someone who is looking to start a podcast? This is a good question. And I feel like we have similar answers about just doing it. But (laughs) I think one other thing I want people to know and it's, it doesn't matter what kind of podcast you're doing, if you're doing interviewing or you're just telling stories about your farm or if it's even about a farm podcast, but that your story matters. No matter who you are, where you're from, you have something important to say. And I think that somebody needs to hear it, whether, you know, it's a funny story or it's a sad story or, you know, we talk a lot about mental health over on the Rural Woman podcast and there's you know, mental health and agriculture has huge stigmas around it. And I feel like sharing our stories in mental health and just sharing our lives on the farm, it really helps people know that they're not alone because in agriculture, no matter where you are, or who you're from, there's isolation involved. Like, like we said before, being the weird goat lady or the weird chicken mm-hmm. lady to the people that live in town, um, knowing that you can connect with other people through your story um, I think is a really powerful thing. So if you're looking at doing a podcast or a YouTube channel, or even just, you know, talking more on your Instagram stories, like I just encourage you to do it because your words are powerful to somebody somewhere. And I think you should just go on and do it. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Because it it can be hard and it can feel like, well, who's going to be interested in, in what I have to say? I'm just, you know, so-and-so over right. here doing this. But <laughs> no, someone someone can gain value from that. And I think it's important that people know that no matter what they do, it's important. Yes, for sure. Right. And I think that, too, that there's like a level of bravery that goes into opening up and telling your story because being vulnerable is can be very difficult. So I think it kind of like our answers combined of ripping the bandaid off and telling your story are just like key to being successful in podcasting. And obviously success can look different to different people. But if you have the cojones to go off and tell your story and be your authentic self, like you're already so far ahead of so many people in the world that you should just be giving yourself a pat on the back. So 
We should all just take a moment to pat ourselves Absolutely. on our backs a little bit. <laughs> yes, everyone, raise Do your it. hand, pat yourself on the back. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> done. Done. <laughs> I feel better already. Oh, I do too. There's something yeah. about that. <laughs> Well, and I feel like vulnerability is like the word of 2019. The more vulnerable we are with each other, the more we can just relate or at least empathize if we can't relate. That's one of the reasons why I got into listening to podcasts was, I mean, I grew up in a small town in the desert, so I didn't get to see a lot or meet a lot of people. And when I moved to a city for the first time, I felt like a fish out of water. But and now I live like in the country in rural Ohio, which can feel a little isolating also. But by listening to all these stories, like I feel like I know places and I know people and I know experiences that people have had good, bad and ugly. And I feel like that helps me be a better person. Right. So speaking of stories, one of the things that we do on our podcast is we ask our uh, interviewees to tell us a farm story. So do you have any farm stories you can share with our listeners, whether it's funny or heartwarming or a tearjerker? Oh, gosh. Do you have a preference? (laughs) I probably have one of each. (laughs) I think tell them all. Yeah, you can tell them all. But my personal leaning is always funny. So, (laughs) Well, I was actually thinking about this today before the lawnmower started on fire. Um, I just... I was thinking about um, our compost piles and I remember this was, it was the winter still. So since we have our feedlot here, uh, we have uh, access to loads and loads of manure um, from the cattle here. So one thing that we do is we make our own compost. And I remember standing at the kitchen window before I was leaving to my city job, all dressed up nicely and whatnot and sipping my coffee and looking out the window and I thought I saw a fire because there was smoke coming out from behind the shop and (laughs) my husband had already left he was outside and I'm just thinking to myself this is my moment to shine like I'm going to go (laughs) save the farm from this fire that is happening behind the shop so I get into my little car and I go ripping down the road and as I'm getting closer I'm realizing that it's not smoke but it's actually steam and the steam is coming from the compost pile that he is turning with the tractor and before I could do anything I am amidst in this steaminess of shit that (laughs) is billowing into my car and I'm just thinking I was like oh my god and I'm trying to phone him while I'm doing this and I get there and he's like what are you doing I was like I thought there was a fire and he's like (laughs) and he was like and what were you going to do when you got there in your car and I'm like I didn't know but I was just like so upset about this so I turn around and I so I start driving to work and I like I swear my like my nostrils had burned like the smell into my nose for the rest of my life because like you know when you when you don't grow up in the country or when you go out to the farm like your instant reaction when you get here is like it stinks so yeah this is what I thought my life was now like everything was just gonna smell like manure from now on but anyways (laughs) I get to my job and my boss looks at me and she's like you you look kind of upset and I'm like well so I tell her the story and she's just roaring laughing on the floor kind of thing like she's just like oh my god how are you going to do this and I'm like I don't know like, <laughs> oh, no. so 
while I was driving past our new compost piles today in the mower on the way to go mow outside of our home yard, I was like, yep, I know what this smells like now. This is not a fire. It is just steamy compost. So <laughs> it just means you're doing it right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, so, <laughs> you don't need to be a hero, folks. Just uh, <laughs> phone your husband and see where the smoke is coming from first. <laughs> oh, I like that. That was, that was a good one. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Okay, so um, last question for today. If you could tell new listeners to listen to one episode as their first one of your podcast, which one would it be? That's a very good question and a very hard question. I really have enjoyed all of the ladies that I've been able to talk to over the last 23 episodes now I think I'm at, but... Um, the one that I was excited to do was with Annabelle Morgan, um, more or less because I got to do this interview face-to-face with her at the Super 8 Motel in Bozeman, Montana. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I've been there. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. But yeah, no, it was, I met Annabelle through Instagram and she basically became my calf mentor. Um, unbeknownst Mm -hmm. to her because as soon as I had bought my bottle caps I sent her a message on Instagram and I was like hey is it okay if I phone you and she was like uh okay so (laughs) here's this Canadian phoning it's like hey I bought these bottle caps what do I do now like I I don't know what I'm doing so she walked me through everything and she helped me when my one calf was sick and she is my other calf's biggest fan she wants to adopt taco and uh But yeah, that was the funnest one to do. And we chat a lot about kind of the experts in agriculture. And I say this with air quotes of the experts and just how important it is as farmers and ranchers and producers to be sharing our stories and to be connecting with people outside of agriculture to tell them what's actually happening on the farm. Um, So I think the topics that we talk about are really interesting, but I also feel like the part that I loved the most was being able to do this face-to-face with a person that I connected with online who wasn't a serial killer um, that I was able to meet in person in real life because, like I said before, the isolation factor in farming is has been one of the biggest struggles for me and being able to find a person that I could sit face to face across with that I could tell her what my struggles were in my current day to day life and for them to understand was like the biggest powerful thing for me. So that was that was kind of, you know, I liked it because what we talked about and I also liked it because I was able to sit and connect with somebody that I, I met on the Internet. So I think one of the things that I've loved the most of podcasting is just being able to connect with other women and other people in agriculture and know that we're not alone here in this. So That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming and being with us here. I really appreciate being able to drink a margarita and it not being <laughs> weird doing a podcast. So. <laughs> right (laughs) you're in good company yes yes you are (laughs) you can drink with us anytime all right (laughs) so if our listeners are trying to find you after this interview where should they go look well I am on 
all of the social media platforms uh, under a Wild Rose Farmer. I, my website is wildrosefarmer.com and they can tune in to the Rural Woman podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Excellent. And we'll have links to all of those in the show notes for you. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in and hearing the second minisode of the week. Yes. And don't you worry, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program next Friday with a full-blown episode because you must be wondering, what the heck's going on with Herc the Donk? Right. Well, don't worry. It's nothing scary. Everything is going good as of when we recorded this of course <laughs> yes yeah things can uh, change rapidly but it's looking it sounds like it's improving over there <laughs> yes yes very very much so and of course uh you can find caitlin over at wildrosefarmer.com check out her podcast the rural woman podcast over wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll have links to her her website where to get her podcast all of the good stuff in the show notes so please check that out yep and if you haven't already and you're still listening to us wrap up this show as soon as we're done head on over on whatever podcast app you're listening on go check out the real woman podcast and listen to her interview us because it was a doozy it was and until next time drink farm and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and